life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. This is John Breeden, your host for this episode of the show here at GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. So, galley slaves, get back to your rowing post, because today we're going to be talking about the scandalous behavior, alleged behavior, at some development companies, and the work ethic, and what it means to the games that we love. So, actually, uh, for Jin, I mean, this story has been around a little bit, but but breaking it for Jin was really Shella. Um, So, actually, we have, in the lounge today, we have Shella, uh, Marie... And Nate, uh, three people who uh, uh, I would say that the three of you probably are the strongest opinionated people that come onto the lounge, except when Todd is on a rant. So <laughs> should should be interesting. But Shelly, you you really broke the story for us. So tell us tell us what uh, is the whole thing about uh, Team Bondi? Which uh, for those that don't know, uh, Team Bondi just came out with the the game that's probably in a strong contender to be game of the year, and that's La Noir. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, it all began with um, a team of um, ex, a bunch of ex Team Bondi employees um, who took umbrage at the fact that they weren't credited um, on the on the game, um, and then um, they spoke to a journalist, and there were some testimonials written um, about dodgy work practices basically saying that it was a bullying atmosphere to work in there were sort of extensive crunch times you know with um i don't know 12 hour days 100 hour weeks um and the game was in development for seven years and you know this was like this wasn't like for the last four months of development it was just an ongoing sort of mishmash of mismanagement I guess um with people walking out people getting fired um and then putting pressure on staff because they had to sort of pick up the slack and pick up some you know do four people's work that was one of the testimonials said um said that Brian McNamara is just a horrible man to work for it was a nasty place to be yeah, the list goes on. Yeah, and, and ultimately, it seems like uh, not not only that, but just this is sort of like an an insult to injury. It was like a hundred uh, developers had their names like just left off the credits, like they didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was, and I think what made it worse was Brian McNamara, the uh, the boss at Team Bondi, um, was just completely unapologetic. And, you know, it's like, am I passionate about uh, what I'm doing? Yes, I am. Am I, you know, do I work hard? Yes, I do. Do you have to kill yourself to get a game out? Yes, you do. <laughs> it's like, you know, and just real, didn't help himself. Yeah. Yeah, so if anyone had any doubts about him being a sort of angry, bullying man, he, he really put paid to them. The, the, <laughs> the actually... Shella, I apologize for breaking in here, but the term you're looking for is... Well, pardon my side of the pond to pronounce it. Yeah, thank you so much for not cursing. I appreciate that, so... I told you I was worked up. I know, I know, you're worked up for it, and we will throw it to you in just a second. But, um, actually, uh, Marie, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to ask you a question, um, because, I mean, a lot of people who are, 
of course, industry people are horrified by this. The gamers, um, I don't know. I don't know if the gamers care about this or not, but there was an interesting thing that was posted on Facebook about how <laughs> it, the reason the world uh, in that game might be so bleak is because of directly related to the, the bleak conditions at the developer, right? Yeah, that's actually, that was exactly what the premise was, and I think that's probably valid. <laughs> I mean, the the life in in a Rockstar game is a bullying, brutal, randomly violent, you know, situation, and and there's no there's never sort of the happy ending, <laughs> or or any sort of closure in a in a Rockstar game. It's just you know the world is one endless bleak <laughs> existence, and perhaps that's a reflection of the working environment. Uh, it's it's possible. It's an interesting theory. Now, the one thing I I wanted I want to throw this over to Nate uh, to get Nate's comment because Nate is usually the uh, sort of the friend of the business but I did want to comment on um, the the interview uh, with the studio head there at Team Bondi um, and uh, and contrast that with a, a really excellent interview I read with the two guys who run Bioware and there was, this was like a really long interview and they sort of took the, the opposite take on things. They, they admitted that there was crunch time and it, they, they had a joke. There was a chart actually in the review or in the interview. There was like a graphic of a whiteboard where they had their schedule set up and the last like, I don't know, 30 days or whatever was called crunch time. And then after that it was like, go home, say hello to your wife, you know, or whatever, celebrate. But, but that's sort of like the very ending part of the project. And, and, and the rest of the time, you know, they've got pool tables and everybody seems to really enjoy working there and stuff. Um, but it seems like with the, what happened with this Australia studio, and, and Shell, if, if, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like it was crunch time all the time. There wasn't actually a crunch time because that was just the work environment all the time. All right. Now, now, Nate, you are, uh, you know, like I say, you're the boss here, and obviously you don't have that kind of a working mentality, but I mean, is this just a case of you gotta do what you gotta do, or is this a case of something else going on? Look, to say you gotta do what you, John, you're a journalist. I'm a journalist, right? Okay. If there's one thing we know, the one thing we absolutely know deep in our heart. <laughs> I know what you're gonna say. It's, it's deadlines. Yes, we do, yes. And occasionally that means we work hard for a short period of time because holy shit, we screwed around playing Plants vs. Zombies or something instead of getting our work done. Or we were just given a really big project that required us to work the whole time, but go ahead. Which, which can happen, but good management doesn't do that to its people very often. Mm-hmm. To hear this McNamara guy, uh, basically dismissing the destruction of a bunch of his staff, because that's what happened. There are a bunch of what sounds like talented people who aren't going to work in the industry again because their exposure to it was through this guy. <laughs> you burn people out that way. It's bad management, and it's frankly, it's bad policy because over time it produces bad uh, product. I, the, the job I had before we started this, you remember that political gig I had? Yeah. Covering the Hill. That was, again, a guy quite a bit like McNamara. He had a brilliant idea, but no management skills at all. So me and a bunch of others are brought in to, you know, make the vision occur, he said. <laughs> but what he really meant was, take all this ideas I throw at you. It's going to be a moving target, and we're going to do our best. And it took longer, and we worked a lot of time. And in the end, it was him going, I did something excellent here. Mm. <laughs> With no no credit to the staff, no credit to anybody. Hell, when I quit that job, because I had been working 14-hour days, they still – I've been taking, you know, half hour here, hour there, doctor's appointments, that sort of stuff. And they took all that away from me because I've been taking, you know, the long lunch for doctor's appointments. I got no credit for my vacation or my accrued uh, leave. 
even though I've been working, you know, 12, 14 hours a day for several years to make this thing happen. No, jeez. And he was self-justifying about it. And frankly, this guy, Magnamara, seems the same way. I'm passionate about what I do, so it doesn't care what I sacrifice. Yeah, well, interesting. Yeah, I mean, Shella made a point in uh, in her column that she wrote on this excellent column where she said one of Magnamara's um, things was that he said was nobody works harder than me. But but Shelley, your counterpoint to that is that uh, he's getting the most out of working hard, right? Yeah, who cares? If, if, if his company, nobody should work harder than him. <laughs> nobody works harder than the person who owns the company. <laughs> That's the I mean, way it is. That's why he gets the biggest salary. <laughs> yeah, who's who's cashing the checks on this here? Yeah. The guy who's, you know, the developer who's making 40, 50 grand a year? Yeah. Or the guy who's on pace to say, we've moved how many hundreds of millions of dollars? Off to yeah. my private island. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sh- Shella, the thing about the credits, um, actually that is almost more troubling to me than the other stuff. Because the other stuff, I mean, we can attribute to poor management decisions, bad scheduling, stuff like that. But the credit thing, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. It didn't save any money to keep people's names off the credits. Uh, is it your sense that this was just a jerk move to punish these people or an oversight or what's the deal? Well, that's a hundred oversights. <laughs> that's quite a few, isn't it? <laughs> so if it is oversight, that's indicative to the you know, poor, poor management right there. Um, and it's disrespectful. He's proved, you know, by the way he speaks, you know, he doesn't care. He doesn't care what people say about him. He doesn't, um, he doesn't care. So he just no, do what he's going to do. And yeah, he's going to knock names off the credits. It's, it's one more sign that, that this is a manager. And, and to a certain extent, I pride myself on being able to manage people. And get things out of them without destroying them. So this is why this is a hot button item for me. He treats them as disposable. Their contribution doesn't count because it's all him. Yeah. So why not leave them off? You know, it's it's like uh, we've got your column running on Friday, Shella, and you know, yay, John says it's great. Um, but uh, you know, suppose I said ah, it's my site. I'll put my name on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You would be you. Well, I I understand that, but uh, you know it's wrong. Yeah. And beyond a sort of it's wrong, it inspires people not to do it. The article I read, uh, McNamara was saying the response here has been so bad, we probably won't develop another game in Australia. Yeah. Well, the response has been so bad because you know you're. Well, what he he blamed it on the sort of sort of Australian culture thing. He's like, oh, I don't understand because Australians they just don't get the fact that they have to compete on a world stage and you have to bust your your butt basically. So he's not Australian? No, I think he's from the UK. Oh, yeah, he was he was in the um, the Sony studio originally that did the Getaway. Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. But I'm not sure if he maybe he thought he would get free prison labor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He, he looked up the history of Australia and didn't go beyond like 1806. Yeah, they're good at breaking rocks. <laughs> Let's see. We burned this batch out. When does the next prison ship arrive? I know. But it's interesting that Rockstar also have a history of, um, you know, disgruntled, you know, leaving people off credits and disgruntled um, ex-employees or current employees even. Um, but they washed their hands of of them completely. They said they had to really put in lots of extra resources and stuff to actually get this game together. 
the trans the translation for that is this cost a lot more than we thought it would. Yeah. Well, it yeah. seems like uh, he spent a lot of money on um a lot of money on uh, facial recognition technology and yeah. stuff that had never been seen before. Um, the interesting thing about that, uh, Marie, I know you and I have talked about this game. That was the one aspect of the game that you really didn't like because you're like, I'm not talking to Sergeant Smith or whatever. I'm talking to the guy from Mad Men. Right, right. <laughs> You know, or, oh, is this guy a criminal or is he that, uh, you know, nice cop from Heroes? (laughs) You know, I mean, I just, it it was, um, I found it actually very distracting that they used actual actors and then kept the actual actors' faces. Mm -hmm. I I really didn't like that at all. It it was very difficult for me to suspend disbelief because it, I kept thinking, oh, I recognize that guy. Oh, yeah, that's so-and-so from does-and-such. But don't you do that in a movie? Do you find it distracting? I don't because I have a completely different experience when I go to a movie. When I go to when you when you go to a movie or you're watching TV, it's a sort of passive experience. Whereas if you're playing a video game, I expect it to be more interactive and more immersive. Yeah, well, I thought it was cool. I liked that because it was more like watching a movie. You know. which is, you know, supposed to be the holy grail of gaming, <laughs> an interactive. Uh, that movie. does seem to be the the goal everyone has right now. But I will say, I did watch two different people play the game on separate occasions, and both of them were like, "Wait a minute, is that that's the guy from Heroes?" I think, and then and then. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I, one guy who actually went to the computer and looked up IMDb to see who <laughs> it was. So I guess, yeah, love it or hate it. But but basically they yeah. spent a lot of money on that, so whatever. Yeah. Um, which I guess didn't go to the developers. I think that's why Sony dropped, because it was originally a Sony game mm-hmm. that Team Bondi were doing, and they dropped it because the budget was just going stratospheric, so they... Well, let me let me play devil's advocate real quick. I, w- I want to ask the three of you actually this this question. So, um, and and Nate, I'll start with you since you you seem to have strong feelings on this issue. But I mean, we're all talking about how bad it was and and everything. But but ultimately, well, I wasn't. But well, well, ultimately, here here we have a game that is likely going to be uh, named Game of the Year by a lot of publications. Depending on how our readers vote, uh, we may even declare it Game of the Year. You know, we don't really have control over that because we let the readers do it. I mean, you've got a game that is pretty awesome that uh, people like to play. That's making millions and millions of dollars. And um, you know, what what's the downside to this management guy? I mean, there were some people that would look at the results and say, "This is McNamara is a." a huge success. Nate, what would you say to that? I mean, dollars and cents, I'm sure he is. As a manager, he's a disaster. I mean, in the 80s, your Nikes were excellent shoes, too, but they destroyed small children in the third world. There's there's a moral compass to everything we do, hopefully. And I know you're going to be surprised that I have this point of view, because I usually am the pro-business guy. But I'm pro-good business. One of the analogies I looked up earlier was, because I read this, I don't know, 20 years ago or something, uh, Terminator 2 and Jurassic Park. You know, Cameron spent a kajillion dollars and Spielberg delivered uh, Jurassic Park, uh, you know, for what, a hundred million or less than a hundred million because Spielberg knew how to get the job done, knew what he wanted to do and, and accomplished it. You know, say what you will about the respective movies. They were both immensely successful. Mm-hmm. But if you have a schedule, you know what you're doing. You don't have to destroy your people to create a quality product. Right. And if your attitude towards your people is, 
well, they're expendable. We're going to chew them up and spit it out. And you know what? There'll be another bunch of stupid art designer kids coming out of uh, university next year for my next product. Sooner or later, that gets around and you get out. You're done. Well, what do you think, Marie? Do you think that the – That actually was going to be my point is that this is a self-correcting problem. Hmm. Because right now, the economy – well, I don't know what the economy is like in Australia. But the economy here is not good. Hmm. And this is an employer's market. You know, if you can get a job, particularly if you can get a job in a creative industry, you're happy to have it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also not unusual, at least in this country, for people in corporate jobs, particularly creative corporate jobs, to work 12, 14, 16 hour days. But that's only that only works for as long as you can get people to continue doing it. You know, he might be forever able to get. People right out of college willing to do this and work for him, but he's going to have a hard time keeping talent that he's invested in. So his games are going to continue to take longer because he's going to have to constantly have new people that aren't trained, that are fresh out of college, that are just trying to get a foot in the door in the industry. And so if it's going to continue to take him seven, eight years to produce a game when it takes other people in other successful companies like BioWare or Bethesda or whatever, you know, five years or three years or however long their their cycle is, then this will self-correct. He will begin to not be able to attract talent, and it doesn't sound like he can keep talent. And if he's not going to credit people, eventually he's going to get sued. <laughs> now, how long and, – and I don't know what the rules – I don't know what the industry rules are, how long you have to work on a project to get credit. If you leave six months after the, the project started, do you get credit? If you leave two years after it started, do you get credit? I don't know what those rules are. But I do know that these are presumably well-educated white-collar workers. This is not the triangle – Shirtwaist factory, you know, where the women are locked in and they all burn. I mean, this is these are white collar, relatively high paying jobs. And these are educated people who have an option to walk out and do other things or have an option to speak together. I mean, well, I don't know if they have right of assembly in Australia, but I would assume they do (laughs) to, you know, get together and discuss this as a group. And I'm. And, you know, one of the articles that I read was all about, oh, they don't want to unionize the game industry. And that's fine if you don't want to do something that's a formal union like they have in the movie industry, which they're so desperately trying to become. But these are educated people. They have options. And they'll have more options when the uh, when the economy gets better. (laughs) Absolutely. And the uh, so I kind of see this as self-correcting. It kind of sounds like. His, uh, well, not only will it take him longer to produce games, but it almost sounds like your theory is that his games will never grow into something better than they are now because he, unlike most studios that have a, a tight working team, like, you know, like Bethesda, for instance. I mean, I know people that have been at Bethesda for years and years and years and they know how to work together and stuff. And, you know, every one of their, well, and that makes things go fast. Well, and every one of their games seems to be better. You know, you, you look at the right. difference between like Morrowind and, and Oblivion. You know, they're, they're able to keep up in the end. It sounds like it's going to be hard for this guy to do that when he keeps getting freshmen to do well, his Well, I think that's why he spent so much money on the on the technology, like the facial recognition stuff. and, and Because storyline-wise, and I, I know people disagree with me about L.A. Noire, but I, I think that it is a, a huge technological advancement and, and a very lackluster story 
game. I I was bored with it within the first hour or so. I I knew immediately who was lying. I knew. I mean, it was. I just I found it boring. But I know a lot of people don't. Although I have read a fair number of yeah. I mean, I think people are kind of split on that. But he obviously spent his bankroll in moving the technology forward. So how how often he can do that and come out a winner? I don't know. Well, show. Uh, oh, go ahead. Just give me a second. <laughs> of course, the 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 bleak. If you want to bring up the the word of the podcast, uh, the bleak problem here is he doesn't have to do it again. True. This thing has sold so many copies. Yep. You know, I'm not kidding about Private Island and the world can go screw itself. True, but I think he wants to he's, do it again. Not, I th- I'm sure he. Maybe he does. Uh, I mean, this this guy. And this is just me from reading the interviews and reading quotes from him and what he – because what he's put out there, and certainly it's per- perfectly true that he is his own worst enemy in these interviews, <laughs> is uh, – I mean, he's self-focused to such a point that other people do not exist. Mm. They don't exist as as people, as as anything other than objects to move around on his personal board. Gotcha. Well, Shella, I want to I want to get to you because again, you brought this you brought this to our attention, and there was another thing that you brought up in the column, and that is that uh, especially in the UK, but I think industry wide, there seems to be a push to try to get more women to come into the industry. And do you think that do you, <laughs> do you think that the uh, these shenanigans at uh, at this development studio is going to hurt that effort? Yeah, well, obviously, but I think the, the, we're kind of missing the point because this isn't a Team Bondi issue. It isn't a Brian McNamara issue. It's an industry issue. It's not an Australian industry issue. It's the, the industry full stop. I mean, you know, rock stars had the same, um, you know, um, criticisms um, from staff, EA, um, has had the same criticisms. Um, you know, there was the... Um, they paid the $30 million, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The wives got together and said, look, this is, you know, openly said, you know, we're not seeing our husbands. <laughs> um, so it's not a case of this guy learning a lesson. It's a case of the industry learning a lesson and um, not wasting talent, not assuming um, that they can just you know, take in the new flock and things can just tick along nicely because we're still making money, thank you very much. Um, We do want to bring more women into the industry and having, um, you know, 80-hour weeks isn't the way to do it. Um, You know, if I was a talented um, animator or something, I'd think twice about the games industry reading stories like this. Um, You know, I don't know what other industries are like. I'm sure they have their shortcomings too. But it's not good PR for our industry at all by any stretch. Um, so we can't just hold this guy up as the scapegoat and say, oh, isn't he a bastard? <laughs> um, let's hope he learns a lesson. You know, people need to take a look at their own working practices and make sure um, their, their employees get credited. <laughs> And that they're uh, uh, happy (laughs) so that they can create better product. Makes sense. Makes sense. So I guess, I I mean, I don't really have too much of a final question uh, for for you guys. Um, I guess my my final question would be – do you think that this? I mean, this this I mean, the EA thing was pretty big. 
Um, but this seems to be this seems to be not only a bigger deal, but it seems to be like on a bigger scale than what was happening at at, e, at EA. Um, do you guys think that this is big enough that that like Shella says, is the industry going to sit back and reflect, and is anything going to change? Uh, and Nate, I'll start with you. No. <laughs> I mean, the, the simple fact is, this will keep up, and it's not just the games industry. No. Um, I don't want to bring up her name, but I am very well connected with a woman who is who has come up through the ranks for 20 years uh, in a certain aspect of software development. John, I think you know who I'm talking about. Okay. Um, and she periodically has crunch time, and they burn out their young people, too. Hmm. And, uh, you know... From time to time, she's been very unhappy with it, but it's what she does at this point. Hmm. So it's not just there, but I don't have a solution that will keep people from doing that as long as there are a lot of people who want to go into it. Short of unionization or gilding, as as I think Marie brought up in the motion picture industry, which is designed to protect the rights and sanity and health, for that matter, of the employees in the industry. I mean, I'm a union guy. And I would see that as a useful tool here to control abuse. Now, unions are easy to beat up right now. And as Marie said, it's it's an employer's market, but uh, it won't always be. And there may come a time where some sort of, of, you know, video game developers guild has to develop just to make sure you don't kill people on a routine basis to produce somebody's, you know, fleeting two-week entertainment. Yeah, I mean, it's a good it's a good point. I mean, I think that we haven't really thought about that as an industry because we're, we're not like an Upton Sinclair novel. We, people aren't falling into vats of lie and being killed, but their health is being affected as well, you know, by, by these at, conditions. At, at, at the place I mentioned, mm-hmm. the, poli- the political uh, newsletter mm-hmm. I worked at, we had three daily deadlines, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. That's the schedule I, I maintained. We had a young man who worked for us, a writer, editor type, 28 years old, and he had a heart attack from, from the pace we were keeping up. He just literally, his, his constitution, his metabolism, his self couldn't maintain the pace, but he wanted the job, and eventually right there in the, in the bullpen, over he went. Good grief. We had paramedics and the whole thing. Wow. And that sort of thing just shouldn't be happening. A 28-year-old should not have a heart attack from overwork. No, not at all. Marie, Mar- hell, I'm 45. I don't want to. Have a heart attack. <laughs> Marie, what do you think? Well, I think that that Nate's right. I, I don't think this is gonna. I think industries change when people change them, hmm. and I think that that rarely happens in an employer's market. This is not going to change until the economies are better, and people have more bargaining in in their corner um, because management doesn't doesn't yield until they have to that's that's been proven time and time again historically you you have some rare standouts of people um, who don't you know just go by the the bottom line and try to try to do well by their employees but the vast majority of places are just looking to maximize their bottom line as much as they can, and if that means 
at the on the backs of their employees. Oh well. Interesting. Well, who else are they going to do it on? You can't do it on the well, consumers. Not on. Well, exactly. certainly not on the CEO's back. <laughs> yeah. that would... Well, we know that doesn't happen. Well, Shelly, you it was your it was your story, so you get the last word. So, what, what do you what do you think? Are are things going to change? Or are we going to be talking about this for a long time? Well, I think we're going to be talking about it for a long time. Oh, that's that's sad. I thought you'd have a different. That is, that is sad. Uh, well, it would be interesting to see what the International Game Developers Association comes up with. Do, do they actually have any teeth, Shella? I mean, can they do anything? I don't know. I don't know. Um, they can probably put pressure, I guess, um, to get some kind of reprisal for the employees. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But it would be interesting to, you know, if they get to the bottom of it, it would be interesting to see what happens. Because I actually found a blog from a happy Team Bondi employee. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things you never know what's going on behind closed doors, really. Um, but, yeah, the, the crunch time issue is an issue um yeah hopefully people will i don't know look at their working practices if only to save their um you know their pr people from having to do some like really quick crisis management when employees sort of out them um so if it's only to save their own face um if that's the way they want to if that's the reason they want to do it, their motivation, um, as long as it gets done, as long as the working practices improve. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, the problem is it's a cool industry, isn't mm. it? You know, working in games is great. You know, it's like living the dream. And it, it has a strong of, magnet feel. Yeah. 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 It means there's always going to be someone to replace you. So are you going to do it? Or are you going to walk out the door and we'll get Joe Schmo who emailed me yesterday because he wants a job? <laughs> and, and, and he'll do it for two-thirds your salary. Exactly. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Well, I mean, really good points, guys. This is a great show. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, and then Shella brought up sort of the point at the last minute that we're not 100%. I mean, all these things that happened at uh, Team Bondi uh, are alleged. You know, I mean, there. I saw one blog that said that the the people who were complaining were sort of the vocal minority at the studio. So who knows? Maybe that's what we'll ultimately find out. But I think it's it's a good thing that people are at least complaining because I think that there must be something to it. It can't, you know, to, to what's going on. And maybe maybe people will look at it as a as a way to reflect on how their studios are because you know I, i'm sure bioware doesn't want to be the next person that's the center of controversy it says oh our workers are really upset you know I, I doubt that would happen but and i've been over at the the bethesda place and let me tell you they have some nice working conditions there so i don't think i don't think it's going to be them <laughs> they have a very nice studio luxurious cafeteria is very cool working there so um, but anyway, uh, let us know what you guys think. Uh, our email address is ginlounge at gameindustry.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, maybe you have a horror story. Let us know. We always love horror stories. I remember Scott Adams, when he used to uh, do the Dilbert thing, used to ask for people to turn in um, stories about their uh, stupid bosses. This is more like an angry, evil boss. But let us know what you, what you think. And if, if you have a good enough story, maybe we'll use it. So... Now everybody get back to work. Yeah, exactly. I got to get back to the oars. The ship's drifting off a little to the left. <laughs> all right. Take care, everybody. We'll see you all next time right here at GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. Stay safe, everyone.